Fat Moose Comics is New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. Established in 1982 and under new ownership since 2020, Moose sells a wide selection of comics from every publisher and time period, along with action figures, graphic novels, posters, statues, and more. If you're looking for something and they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. They know a guy. Visit Fat Moose in Whippany the next time you're in the Garden State, and be sure to reach out via the Fat Moose Comics Facebook page. Aw Yeah Comics celebrates and promotes everything that is wonderful about comics, toys, artwork, and the joy they bring to people. Visit them in person at one of their three locations, Harrison, New York, a.k.a. my local comic shop, Skokie, Illinois, or Muncie, Indiana. If you have kids and have been looking for a family-friendly store, look no further. Join Aw Yeah for exciting events, including creator signings, how-tos, and more. Visit awyeahcomics.com and follow Aw Yeah on social media for more. Their name says exactly how they feel about it. Say it with me now. Aw Yeah! 30 years ago, I stood in front of a comic shop advertising the death of Superman in its window display. That moment outside Heroes World set me on a path, a lifelong fan journey leading directly from that tattered red cape to this podcast. Now, together, we mine Superman's vast 85-year mythology by examining, discovering, and reconsidering the stories that have shaped the last son of Krypton. Welcome to Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me to discuss our wish lists for Superman Legacy is returning guest, comic book artist, V. Ken Marion. Welcome back. Yo, what's up, homie? Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to talk about this. Uh, this impromptu this impromptu recording that we were just talking about before the mics went live. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yes, this episode came together rather quickly. As the audience knows, I tend to plan out very far in advance, but sometimes things shift and sometimes... You're inspired to sort of deviate and do something spur of the moment. And this is one of those examples. I texted you earlier today and I was like, hey, do you want to jump on and talk about our hopes and predictions for the next Superman movie written and directed by James Gunn? And you got right back to me and and here we are doing this. So we're talking about the movie that is scheduled to release in theaters on July 11th, 2025. So we are still good year and a half away from that. So there's still a lot of runway ahead of us, but I thought this would be a good time to sort of check in. I know a lot of us as Superman fans were thinking about the movie and I thought it would be fun to just sort of compare notes about where we are. And I guess that's kind of the first big picture question I wanted to ask you. Obviously we're here doing this episode, but that aside, as a Superman fan, how much thought space has this been occupying for you? Are you following the news? Are you thinking about it? Are you speculating? Are you having conversations with with folks? I know you and I text about it occasionally. Or is it the mm-hmm. sort of thing where you're like, look, it's a year and a half away. I'm just going to sit back and we'll see what happens. And I'm not getting too caught up in all of the news and leaks and rumors and all that. Like, where are you at this point? So I think I'm like in the middle between the two of that. Um, before the mics went live, I was telling you that, um, my friend and colleague, Andrew Dollhouse and I, uh, he colors a lot of my work. Um, we, um, talk like a lot, like on the phone, like, like, I don't know, a few times a week while we're working. And this is like movie news, superhero news is always something that we always talk about. And this particular is something we always talk about. And I do listen to a lot of movie podcasts, like the hot mic with Jeff Snyder and John Roca and John Campia and those kind of podcasts. So I'm aware of a lot of the news and I am having conversations about it, but I'm also like, I, I've like in my life, there was Superman Returns, there was Man of Steel, there was DC Universe. And like, I feel like if I was like 10, 15 years younger, I'd be like just amped for this. But I'm at this point where I'm like, I hope it's really good. It's going to be fun. If not, 
oh well like it's not really gonna like hurt my life that bad if it's if it sucks you know but i want it to be good because i want like a good superman movie so i'm like i'm kind of like in the middle i, I feel like i've got a, a healthy optimistic outlook on it is how i how i would uh, describe it nice nice i, I can yeah. identify with that i feel like i feel like the podcast has sort of motivated me to be a little bit more plugged in to all of the news because we yeah. have the show and we have this space for it and sometimes i am asked about it so it's like okay i want to at least make sure i'm informed and not that I feel like I need to have a take on every single thing, but I feel like that yeah. has made me a little more plugged in. It is a funny thing. And I know people have talked about this where these days it's so hard to go into a new movie fresh because there's so much between what leaks and what the studio puts out there. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. it feels like yeah. you see so much of the movie before you actually go into it. And that's one of the things that I know unfortunately we're contributing to that right now by doing an episode like this. Although it's less, I feel like this episode will be less about discussing the news that's already come out and more just what we hope for the movie, what we want to see yeah. out of this, but we are contributing to that in a way, but there is a part of me that's like, I would love to just go into this cold and not have seen much of anything and just really be able to experience this in and of itself. But I don't know. I, I don't even know how you would avoid a lot of what's out there because well, it's just it's you know, right in your face. That is true. But the th the funny thing is, like, I don't think I've watched a movie trailer for any movie in maybe like two years because because I listen to these these movie podcasts. Like, like I said, like the the Hot Mike and and um, Campia and like the big thing, the Christian Harloff show. Like, I, so I always listen to those when I'm making dinner. So like every day I'm like listening to like movie news that like. That's have sort of like supplanted like watching trailers for me. And it, it's not like an um like an intentional thing, right? It's like, or when I'm talking to Andrew, like he's like, Oh, did you see the Thor trailer or whatever? I'm like, no, what was tell me about it? Like, like it's like that kind of thing. So ironically, I feel like I have been going into movies more fresh recently just because I haven't watched. I mean, not, I'm not even superheroes. I mean, like any trailers really. Like I just like, hear other people talking about them. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. You know, so very, very strange. I know. I know it's very strange. No, that's good though. That's good if you can have that experience because uh, otherwise, like I said, I feel like a lot of times you feel like you've seen most of the movie already. So that's, that's cool. One thing I want to say at the top, and I, I know I said this, we did a, a patron round table a little while ago and I said it there, but I want to say it again here on our main feed is that I really am making a conscious effort to, to exhibit optimism and an open mind towards this new DC cinematic universe. And for folks who've been listening to the episodes, you know, a lot of times when I even say the name James Gunn, there's usually a little bit of a tone associated with it. And look, I don't love how we got to this point and a lot of the decisions and the communications, and I'll leave it at that. But we're here now. And my feeling is I want to be open-minded. I want to sort of practice what I preach. And I feel like a great Superman movie just benefits all of us. So there is, I, to be clear for the audience, there's no part of me that's like, oh, I really enjoyed the Snyder movies. I want this movie to fail. Not at all, right? I want this to be a great movie. I want to enjoy it. I want this to be something that I can watch with my son in a few years when he's older. And we're at a point now where we haven't had a solo Superman movie since 2013. And it's been almost 10 years since we had Batman v Superman, a movie that Superman co-headlined. So it's not like we have these Superman movies all the time and the industry has shifted this genre. We've seen article after article and box office report one after the other about 
superhero fatigue. So I don't know that mm-hmm. this is something we can take for granted at this point that, oh, if this doesn't work, well, they'll do another Superman movie. Yeah, at some point they will. But you and I just- How, in how our, long, yeah. That's the thing. Like yeah. you and I just in our lifetimes, how many how many big screen Superman droughts have we experienced? A, a few. So mm-hmm. there are so many reasons. I, I want this to be a great movie and I'm really trying to be optimistic and excited about all of this. I'll still be- analytical and and skeptical to a point, but, but overall optimistic, that's kind of where I am at this point. And I would say for the most part, I am excited to certainly have some questions about what we've, what we've uh, seen and and been told so far, but overall I'm, I'm excited and look, man, I will be there July 11th, 2025 at our local Alamo draft house. Maybe I'll see you there. Maybe we'll make a double date out of it. Dude, definitely. Yeah. But I'll be there and we'll, I, hope to have you here on the show to do an episode about it right after we watch it. So it's an exciting time. And it's, I have to say from the podcaster point of view, this is a really fun moment to be able to follow and then ultimately discuss a new Superman movie in the course of doing this podcast. This is the the first time really. So yeah, it's exciting. And I want to maintain that excitement. And I know within our fandom, there have been a lot of these fractures and we've had a fandom divided. And here's the thing, man, you and I talked about this, the first episode we ever did, the series premiere of Digging for Kryptonite, about how happy we were when we met each other and, and we found a fellow Superman fan in each other. It's like there are enough instances where as Superman fans, we're dealing with the the naysayers who don't love Superman. But then even within our fandom, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of divide. So coming together and trying to celebrate this and have fun with it. Uh, is definitely where I am and and hopefully hopefully others as well. Yeah. No, dude, I'm right there with you. Like I loved the Snyder stuff for for what it was, right? And like but I'm also like, you know, it, it ran its course, you know? It's like I I mean the just where we the universe is at, it's like clearly like there's not much appetite for it anymore, so it's like um you know, it 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 was what it was. Zack Snyder does has clearly has no desire to ever come back to it it's like you know it's it's done it, it, we got this nice little pocket and now we got something new coming up and like just be excited for the new stuff and just be happy with what we got is kind of my kind of takeaway with this because like you said like when in the 90s man, like you know how much i would have killed to have that nicholas cage superman movie when i was a kid that we never got you know or like or any of them you know the in the 2000s the before you know the um, the one that henry cavill originally auditioned for you know that i can't remember what it was called the the jj abrams one like yeah so there's you know who knows, you know, well, let's just hope it's good and, you know, it'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point in time, there have been a, a number of casting announcements. So much so that I think we have a, a good amount to sink our teeth into here for this discussion. And James Gunn himself, the writer and director of the film, has been exceedingly active on social media in terms of <laughs> responding to fans, confirming and and I guess most frequently debunking certain rumors. So straight from the horse's mouth, I mean, we have, there are a number of pieces of information that come directly from James Gunn. I mean, there's so much, I'm sure I was trying to sort of compile this before we sat down. And I, at a certain point I was going off of memory and I was like, I I'm sure there's more that he said in these, cause he's on threads and he's on Instagram and he's on, yeah. there's so much. Which it's like, I find it kind of mind blowing as like, you know, uh, not, I don't work in the movie business, but in comics, like as a fellow creative, like, the fact, like, I can only imagine the amount of pressure and stress that he's under right now, like, to do this. And, like, the fact that he has time or the desire to go on social media and, like, talk to back to fans with, like, what's going on is, like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, 
but what I wish him the best of luck with it. And I hope he's got keeps his mental sanity doing it, you know, cause I can only imagine the, the, the stress and the, and, you know, just the, the insurmountable, like amount of stuff that he has to do. Cause it's not just Superman, right? It's the whole universe, which that is like, I'm a little nervous about that. Like, like if, if you're going to ask me like heart of hearts, what I want to be like, just make me a good Superman movie. Like that's all I want. Like, I don't need like Hawkman or whoever else that they're not near. Like, it's like, I, I think just Superman would be like, that's enough to start, you know, but, but Hey man, he's jumping in full bore. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. You know? I mean, I thought the same thing about his social media activity and no, not, not a knock. It is what it is. And yeah, no, if not he has knock. the it's time, ad- it's admirable. It's admirable. I think it's admirable. It's yeah. <laughs> if he has the time, more power to him and the inclination, I just, I keep coming back to this idea of not only are you writing and directing the Superman film and deep in pre-production. And I think as we're recording this, they're really gearing up to shoot it or, or, or on the precipice of it. And, and on top of that, he is, leading this entire studio along with Peter Safran. So the amount of responsibility on his plate is substantial. And I just keep coming Mm -hmm. back to this idea of like, how much time do you have to be responding to people all the time? But look, awesome. And it gives us, it gives us more to talk about. So that's great. And the last sort of initial thing that I want to say, and this, maybe this might surprise people, but for the most part, would I say I'm a hardcore James Gunn fan not necessarily, but I did very much enjoy the Guardians movies, and I was really very pleasantly surprised by the Peacemaker television show. That, probably more than anything else, kind of sold me on him, even though it's it's different than what I imagined his Superman movie will be, but I really enjoyed it. I connected with it, that Peacemaker season one. And so I'm at the point, and this is the part that maybe might be surprising, but I, I want... I. I do want to see a James Gunn Superman movie and I want to see him do his thing. And I want, as far as my wish list, we'll get into the specifics, but I think the biggest picture item is I want to see things that we haven't seen in these movies before. I don't want a hundred percent. Like, I don't want to see these try to be what's come before. Yes. There are certain aspects of the mythology that you kind of expect to see represented. So I'm not saying, Oh, I want this to be, reinvented whole cloth, but there are dynamics and settings and whatnot. And we'll, I'll talk more specifically, but I want to see things that we haven't seen before. Yeah. I want to see a, a friend, a, a sort of friendship between Clark and Jimmy that we haven't really seen on the big screen in particular. I want to see that developed in a way mm-hmm. that we haven't really seen before. So I, I want to see what we haven't gotten before. And I want to see him put his own spin on this for better or worse, but I do want to see whatever his vision is. I want to see that represented and not trying yeah. to, chase what came before and not to say there, he's given any indication that he he is doing that but i am genuinely curious to see what he would come up with so yeah. we shall see now in the meantime let's talk about our wish list here we didn't come up with a numbered list or anything like that so we can just kind of jump around the first thing i want to ask Dude, you no go ahead i was gonna say it's very very uh uh what's the what's the terminology like seat of the by the seat of the pants, shooting by the yeah. seat of the pants, or <laughs> flying, the flying yeah. by the seat of our pants, here. Yeah. yeah, there we go. We didn't come up with a numbered list or anything like that, but you know, we have had success on this podcast before. The the other time that we did a wish list episode, I had Zach from the Always Hold On to Smallville podcast, and we did our Smallville wish list, all the things that we wish that show had done differently. This is different. Shout out Zach, I love that episode. Yeah, I've I've never interacted with Zach on your show, like in per, but like I've listened to so much of you, him on your show, and I've listened to his show so much that. I, I feel like I, I I know him even though I don't. But like shout out to him. like I I love it when he's on your show and that was that was a great episode. 
It's always fun. And I, I, I will give a quick plug where I re- recently recorded an episode of Always Hold On to Smallville. It's the season nine episode Conspiracy. So I'll be on that show again very soon. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, that wishlist episode that we did here, it was such a blast. And yeah, that was different because we were looking at a completed story and saying, oh, we wish they had done this. We wish they had done that. This is perspective. We're looking ahead. But hopefully this is similarly well-received. So the first question I want to ask you, you're our artist here. So let me start with the visuals of this. And I know part of me is like, this is such a basic fanboy sort of question, but we're here. So let's just do it. And Gunn himself has actually posed this question to the audience very early on red trunks or no, or no trunks. Oh God, we're starting with this. (laughs) I figure let's get a hot button right off the top. (laughs) I know, but I figured it was one of those things where he posed the question to fans and clearly at this point they've arrived at an answer though. It has not been shared with the audience. We'll find out at some point Mm -hmm. whether we see set photos, official or unofficial, or they save it for the trailer or whatever it might be. But uh, just in terms of the costume, and we can talk about the costume generally. It doesn't have to just be the trunks. But okay. what, what are you okay. what, like? What are you hoping to see? Okay, I'm hoping that just looks really cool. That's kind of like where I'm at with it. So you're wearing a Superman hoodie right now. That's like the Christopher Reeve colors, and like that's if we're if we're talking visuals, like those are the colors I want. I want that like bright royal blue with the bright red. That would be like money to me if they could like. Not not make the Christopher costume, but the color, the, that like color set, I think would be awesome. And like trunks or no trunks, like, you know, I, I've been over this before in your show a lot. Like I personally, like, I don't need the trunks, but like at the same time, you know, if you, if they do the straight up classic costume and they make it look cool, I'm like all for that. Like if they did what they did with Christopher Reeves, like if they can make that look cool, Awesome. Do it. But if they do something else where they give them like armor or something, like I'd be cool with that too. As long as it looks cool and like has the, 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 the color, like the color palette that like, that I want that that was like the one you're wearing right now. I think that would be absolute money that like superpowers, like bright colored palette. Because like even the Henry Cavill costume, if you just change the color palette to like that, I think, and I don't think that costume was controversial. You know what I mean? But like, but because they're, you know, they're doing their new, their own thing now. And like, I would love it, the, it to evoke that like triangle era Superman, you know what I mean? Like that color scheme and everything. That's more, I think, what I want than anything else. What about you? I I hear you. I hear you. I, I've i gone, it's funny. I actually, my position has shifted a little bit on the red trunks. You ready for it? So historically, well, so historically I've felt, and I've said this on the show and ultimately big picture, I do stand by this. I that's not the hill I'm going to die on. I could take or leave the red trunks. As you and I have talked about, and I I say this every time it comes up, as long as you have something breaking up the blue, if it's just the red Mm -hmm. red belt or whatever it is, that's fine. I I feel like that's the most important part that you break up the blue a little bit. I don't necessarily need the trunks. And we've seen costumes like the Cavill costume or Tyler Hecklin's costume on Superman and Lois where we don't have the trunks. And I think it works just fine. And we've also seen instances in the comics with the New 52 and the Rebirth that was a very well-received costume, that Rebirth costume in particular. I know yeah. you were particularly a fan of that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one I drew in Trinity. Yeah, I like that one a lot, yeah. So I, I think it works with or without the trunks, but part of me, and this is where I've shifted a little bit, I feel like there's something to be said for being able to pull off the trunks. Because yeah, it is no, one of those no, things that sure, could yeah. be kind of hokey, kind of corny, kind of outdated. But if you can stand there 
with those red trunks and sell it and still be Superman. That's like Christopher Reeve. Like Christopher yeah. Reeve. And look, yeah, yeah. speaking of Tyler Hecklin, he's in that Fleischer costume in the pilot for a little bit. And then we see that again in one of the flashback episodes later in that first season. And in my opinion, that worked. And the fact that he could stand there in that costume and you still feel like, okay, this is the guy. Yeah. So part of me, part of me almost looks at it as a bit of a test. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, like I said, I'm, I could, I'm good either way. And it's not something that yeah. I would be upset about one way or the other. But I think right now I'm sort of in the camp of go for the trunks and see if, and see if they can pull it off. Okay. So this, yeah, you know, I, I'm, you, you turn me on. Cause like if they did a, just a straight up classic costume, like just look straight up like seventies, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez kind of Superman. Like I would be down with that a hundred percent. Right. But like, the, and Okay, this goes beyond like the trunks, no trunks. I want to get away from the like sculpted, like plasticky costume, right? So like, I want them to either go like full armor, like what they did with like like the Batman with Robert Pattinson, where you make it like very real world. So he's got like you know like a zipper, you can take the zipper and the capes on like a jacket, and he's got like maybe like dark, like a dark blue pant, like jeans with like a red jacket, you know, or like a blue blue shirt, you know. To do something like that where it's like very real world and very tactical and very like kind of armory or whatever, or go to like straight cloth, like Christopher Reeves costume. I want, I, I do like the Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck kind of like the look of these like last few years and the Marvel ones do it too. It's like, it's like, like, cause when you see the costumes at Comic-Con, like they're, they're like sculpted, like with the sculpted biceps and sculpted out. And like, I want to get away from that. I feel like that look has kind of been kind of like, kind of like, I feel like it's like kind of like been played out a little bit, you know? That's an interesting point. And I, I, I'll co-sign on that. I think maybe there's, there's a sort of a balance between George Reeves, Christopher Reeve and the Cavill and, and the modern day Hecklin costume, something in between where, yeah, I, I don't know, there's a little, a little bit more to it, but yeah, not that full on sculpted look. And I also yeah. agree about the brighter colors as a, I enjoyed the Snyder films and I was fine with the muted color palette for both the costume and the visuals of the film generally, mm-hmm. but this is a new iteration. So something new, man. Yeah. Do something new. I mentioned that heck that Tyler Hecklin Fleischer costume that he wears a couple of times. Would you be open to that or some other variation? I, that's the one that I guess most immediately comes to mind where it's, it has a long history and I think there's something appealing about that Fleischer costume. I don't, again, the Fleischer one yeah. with the black behind it. I think, I think that'd be dope if they had the black behind the, the S like, I think that'd be cool. Anytime you can put like black on Superman, I think that look, looks really cool. I don't know. I think, I think black just makes things look cool. Like when you put it in like where, you know, appropriately, you know, like, so if even the all black suit, I think just looks awesome. So, yeah, I would be, if they went down the Fleischer route, especially having yeah. recently rewatched all the Fleischers on Blu-ray and I, I don't know. I, there's something to that. Another question, and I don't know that this we've even ever talked about this on the show. Maybe it came up at some point, but the yellow S on the back of the cape. Do you have a? a I want. You want it? I want it. Yeah. Either either that or like we were saying, like black. There was a period in the comics where they made it black. The S was black, but it was still there. I mean, the yellow though. Like I, I want that Christopher Reeve yellow S in the back of the cape. I think that's it's so iconic. Like I want them. I want it to be in the comics. I, I just want it all the time. Like I love that. 
look. It's like got like a jersey look to it, you know, like like a, like a, like a sports jersey, like having your symbol on the front and back. Like I just think that's cool. At first, I thought you meant New Jersey, and I was like, "Where's it going with this?" But <laughs> oh no, no, no! Like yeah, like 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 a like a football jersey or like a baseball jersey. Yeah, it's it's funny. I because I feel like it, maybe as a kid, I I probably just assumed right the cape would always have the S. I feel like it was the animated series though, where they ditched the yellow S. It was too difficult to animate, and I don't know. For whatever reason, I feel like that kind of cemented itself in my head, and I got more used to that. But mm-hmm. I would not be opposed to it. I guess the the tricky thing becomes, is the cape going to be real, practical? Is he going to actually be wearing a cape? Or is it going to be CGI like it was for most of the shots in the Snyder movie? Because yeah. I think that that really complicates things. But I wouldn't mind a practical cape. And if that allows them to get the yellow cape. S on it. Yeah, that would be. That's another one of those things where I feel like, how do I put this? I feel like with the costume, there's so much that's iconic about it where Mm-hmm. The yellow S on the cape or the trunks or no trunks. I feel like there's a little wiggle room there. There's still enough where it will still feel like it's the Superman costume. So I don't have that strong of a feeling about I, it. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of wiggle. I think as long as like I and people might hate me saying this, but like if he's wearing blue and has a red cape and has the symbol, people are going to know it's Superman. Right. Like, but it won't, it won't be the iconic look, but people will know that's Superman, right? Like, it's kind of like Batman, like, in the movies. Like, Batman in the movies looks nothing like he does in the comic books. But he's got the ears and the black cape, and, like, you know, it's Batman, right? So, like, but, like, I think the more we're talking about this, the more I want, like, the classic Christmas. I want them to go for broke and just make the Christopher Reeve, like, cloth suit, make it look like the, uh, the Triangle Era Superman. Like, that would be, like, the 90s Triangle Era Superman. That'd be money, man. Those bright colors. I think, I think that's the, that's the winner. I hear you. At least one other visual question that I want to pose to you. So from the Donner movies forward, in terms of the visual language of Krypton and Kryptonian elements, especially the fortress, we always go to this idea of the crystals. And we've seen that in numerous iterations and certainly with the Snyder films and, and even Superman and Lois, you've seen attempts at doing something a little bit different, but Assuming that we see some aspect of Krypton in some way in this movie, uh, in- including the fortress, uh, how would you like to see it represented visually? Do you want them to go back to that crystal aesthetic or would you want to see something different? Totally new. I I, I think I, I would go totally new and I would do either like the John Byrne thing that was like, you know, where it was like this very like tech very tech-based society or i would i think the balls of your move would be do like the 60s like where the, everyone's like it's like the sci-fi future like jetsons kind of like i think that that would be ballsy to do that for krypton and i think that would be i mean that could that would be a big gamble but i think that could work in a really cool way honestly i, I i'm on board with that i think it like think- J- jor-el with the headband and the green suit like yeah hell yeah I think we do need to mix it up. I think we do need to mix it up a bit. As iconic as that crystal visual aesthetic is, I think there's room to do something different while also still honoring the source material. And so to your point, I think drawing from that Silver Age depiction of Krypton, which I guess you saw to an extent with Superman, the animated series with the with the robes and the headband, you, know, you saw that. Yeah. I think something like yeah. that would be cool. 
that the animated series i think was like a mix between that and john Byrne. it was like this sort of like perfect blending between them. And if they did that that'd be cool too you know like something like that but yeah i think it was this sort of like sci-fi mixed with superhero aspect that you could do with like krypton like the old school like candor and everything like i think that would be cool because that's we've never seen that in the movies and like to, to your earlier point what this movie like what i want to see in this movie is like new shit like i don't want to i don't want like we'll get into this, but I don't want Lex Luthor to be the main bad guy. Like I don't care. Like if if it comes down to, I mean this. Well, I'll save this for you later on. I'll say I'll say, <laughs> I'll, say I'll say that I'll say that point. <laughs> well, speaking of Krypton, so one of the things that James Gunn has confirmed is that this is not. He has said this is not an origin story, in in mm-hmm. any way. And one of the things he debunked was that he was making a quote unquote young Superman movie. And I think this started because. I guess the main reason given for not bringing back Henry Cavill was that they wanted to go in a younger direction. So I think a lot of people understandably took that to mean that we were getting sort of a year one early days sort of Superman story, but he's debunked that. And so apparently we're not delving into the origin. We're just getting into a Superman who's, I suppose, earlier in his career than Cavill's Superman would be, but is still, uh, again, well into his tenure at this point. So yeah, think, I think it's yeah. like kind of like what they did with the Batman, right? Like that's the idea is that they're trying to do like, like not an origin, but like younger, which I mean, I mean, people might not want to hear that. Henry Cavill's, I'm just looking up right now. Henry Cavill's 40 years old. Like that, I mean, both of us, we are in our third, we are mid thirties. This isn't me being like, I'm young and cool and crap on old. It's not, but it's like to at that age, the older you get, I mean, you, you, we, we both exercise. We both know it's like it, there's, there's a physical toll that doing these superhero movies takes on someone. And it's like not realistic for like Henry Cavill to be like, okay, 10 more years. I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not like, I mean, so um, yeah, I think it was smart for them to make like a, a clean break with the new actor and, and going younger than 40, obviously. Cause like you want some mileage out of this person. Like, cause you know, they're probably going to want to hang it up when they're 40. I, I'm not sure how old the new guy is, if he's probably like his mid twenties or something, but yeah. Yeah. We'll double check David Cornsweat's age, but as far as not showing the origin, I, I respect that choice. We've seen the origin depicted on the big screen with both the Christopher Reeve and the Henry Cavill series. So not unlike Batman or Spider-Man, I think people generally know the story. Oh, yes. Yeah. At the same time, I wouldn't mind if we got something a la All-Star Superman. And Gunn has clearly cited that as an influence. The first image he posted when he announced that he was doing all this was that Frank Quitely image from issue number one. And that I cited all the time on the show, but so beautifully captured those elemental aspects of the origin in just a few panels. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind if the movie in the opening credits or flashbacks or what gave us something akin to that where it's it's short but just these impactful images that convey the story but i i'm totally fine with not sort of retreading that same ground about him discovering his origins and putting on the costume and part of the reason i was thinking about this a lot is when you look at the past 25 years basically <laughs> Other than the man, the Snyder films, which again gave us that that origin story and, and Superman early in his career. Beyond that, most of what we've seen of the character has been on television, 
And you mm-hmm. and I are both diehard Smallville fans. But that, of course, was a pre-Superman story, even though they, of course, worked in a lot of Superman elements, especially as the show went on. But still, that was all about him before he becomes Superman. And then I'm, I love Superman and Lois, and I love how that's carved out its own space in the mythology. But that, too, went the opposite way. And that's showing yeah. you a Superman later in his career. Like older Superman, yeah. Older Superman. That's like 40, that's like 40 year old Superman. Yeah, we were talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got teenage kids and they're on the farm and yeah. Lois and Clark are not at the Daily Planet. So it's, you're seeing him on the other side of it. And so I, I really- I love that show, by the way. Like I want, I want to be very clear about that. That show's great. Oh yeah. yeah, no, it's fantastic. But I guess with, again, with Man of Steel, we saw Superman at the beginning. We Smallville, we saw him before. <laughs> with Superman and Lois, we see him after. So as far as a wishlist item that seems to be met, in terms of what Gunn has expressed as far as his plans, I, I'm genuinely excited about the idea of just seeing a full-fledged early to mid-career Superman who's just in yeah. it. Because we've seen yeah, yeah, so totally. much about the before and the after. So I, I I really, I am genuinely excited. And I think that's a good call. Yeah, it's the one that feels the most like actual comic books too. Because like actual comic books, that's what it is, right? It's the middle act, right? And with all these movies most of these superhero movies it's like the origin story right and it's like very rarely do we get this like you know just mid career kind of like comic book accurate version of the character so i'm hoping that that's what we get you know like i keep going back to the triangle era but like that's you know that's the era of superman i grew up with and that like that and just that that feel you know what i mean all through that through like you know the jeff Loeb stuff in the early 2000s like all had this sort of similar like big in your face big comic you know feel so this podcast is an affiliate of bcw supplies the next time you need to restock on comic book bags boards boxes and more be sure to use promo code fsp to save 10 percent on your order that's fsp for flat squirrel productions it helps support the show too many of you have already used this code and i greatly appreciate it thank you We reference the television series Smallville a lot around here, and there's one Smallville rewatch podcast that's always at the top of my queue, Always Hold On to Smallville, hosted by our pal, Zach Moore. Zach and his guests bring tremendous insight, passion, and humor as they discuss each and every episode of the series that ushered in the renaissance of superhero TV. Listen to Always Hold On to Smallville wherever you get podcasts, and keep an eye out for the other shows under the Always Hold On to banner, including Arrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Superman and Lois, and Star Wars. Filmmakers and movie fans alike should be sure to attend these film festivals. Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and Round Reel in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Take it from an alum of two of them. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the festivals on social media for news about events, discounts, tickets, and more. Also, listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts available via a shared universe network. Perfect, perfect segue point because I feel like the other really fundamental item on my wish list here is for the world of Metropolis to feel as textured and developed and lived in as it did in the Triangle era. And so I want to see a robust Daily Planet staff. I want to mm-hmm. see Clark as a reporter. We'll, we'll talk more about that. I, I don't know if, if this is within the realm of, of what the movie would have space for, but Maggie Sawyer, Dan Turpin, Bibbo, 
I, I want to yeah. see Metropolis populated with these people because a lot of times. Cat Grant, Ron yeah, Troop. Yeah. It's like, yeah, usually we get, of course, Lois and we get, usually get Perry. We don't always get Jimmy. I mean, you look at the Snyder yeah. films and, you know, we could talk about that bit of business at the beginning of Batman v Superman. And was that the real Jimmy? And he was a CIA agent or someone who just used the name Jimmy also. But in any event, he's on screen for like two minutes. So, mm. so even Jimmy in a lot of, in some of these stories isn't a given. So I, I really want to see the Metropolis cast really fleshed out. And look, hopefully this is a franchise that we'll get multiple films with. So, you know, again, hopefully there will be opportunities to spend more time with these characters as we're moving forward. But I think that's one of the things that I would love. I would really just love to see. And not to say this is all with the caveat of, of course, I want Clark slash Superman to be the focus, to be the center of all of this. I don't want him crowded out mm. of his own movie. So I'm not saying, oh, just sprinkle in all these characters at the risk of losing him. It still revolves around him, but I feel and like it's that's, like him interacting with all these people. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things yeah. I want very much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I also, I want everything that you just said, but I also want it to feel modern. Like I, I'm, oh. I, some some people might disagree with me on this, and they probably would. But like, I, I'm, I I don't need this to feel like it takes place in the '60s or the '50s. You know what I mean? Like, I want like I don't want Jimmy to have a bow tie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I and like I I don't need Clark in like a hat and a three piece suit. You know, like like I I want it to feel like like actually like modern. You know, like kind of like what the uh, the animated series did when we were growing up. Like that felt modern. You know what I mean? It didn't it didn't feel like of the '60s. It felt like now. And like I like of well felt like the 90s, you know. Um, but like I hope they do that. I hope they make it like a modern feeling movie, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like this newsroom, honestly, in this day and age, should be probably a bit run down <laughs> with with yeah. a heavy emphasis on the, the the internet side of things. I agree. I don't need Clark in a three-piece suit. I that's just not the, the style, yeah. Jimmy in the bow tie. And because the thing with Jimmy, for example, and the actor they cast, and we still have to get into the, the casting of, of all these characters, but Skylar Jasundo, if I'm saying his name right, uh, he was on Santa Clarita Diet, among other things, but he was on that Netflix show, Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. I don't know if you, did you watch that? I've never seen it, no. It's so funny. It ran for three seasons and unfortunately it got canceled kind of on a cliffhanger, but it, it actually works. So I would recommend okay. a lot. It's so funny. And he was hysterical on that. That was crazy as it might sound. Out of all of the pieces of casting news that have come out, David Cornsweet as Clark, Rachel Brosnahan as Lois, Nicholas Holt as Lex, and on and on. Skyler as Jimmy was probably the one where I was like, "Yes!" Like I'm so happy for this kid, and I feel like he's gonna br like I feel like this is the Jimmy and. He doesn't again. I'm not going to die on the hill of bow tie or no bow tie. And if they can make it work, fine. But I I feel like he will capture the spirit of what you kind of want out of out of a Jimmy. And I'm really excited to see. What okay, cool, cool. You know, I yeah, I, I hope I hope he's cool. I hope he's like cool. I hope he's like like a, like a cool Jimmy, like not like this like like dweeb that like Clark has to pretend. Like I hope him and Clark are like bros, you know, like equals, you know, like that would be really cool. And like. And yeah, about the cast you mentioned, the only, like I was looking at the IMDb before, the only actor that I have any familiarity with in this entire cast is uh, Nicholas Holt. Like everyone else, like I've never seen anything that they're vetted. So like I'm pretty much going into this like completely fresh, you know? 
I on the casting and look, there have been plenty of podcasts that have broken down the casting. So I, yeah. we have other other fish to fry here. But overall, the worst, the quote unquote worst thing that I could say about any casting choice is that I'm just not familiar with their work, which is yeah, a yeah, fine, it's just yeah. a fine place to be. So Steph and I, we did watch most of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which Rachel Brosnahan starred in. Uh, we, we have like a season and a half left. We kind of, we kind of crapped out, but we'll, we'll, we'll finish it at some point. She's terrific on it. It's, it's so specific though. It's a period piece, right? It's in the fifties and it's from the creators of Gilmore Girls. So there's a very particular speed and rhythm of the dialogue and the voice that she's using. So it's hard to kind of envision her as Lois. I would say, honestly, watching interviews with her, I think has been more helpful in terms of getting a sense of, of what she'll do. But She's she's such a great actor uh, that I'm I'm very much on board with her. Dave and Corn Sweat. The only thing I've seen him in was The Politician, the Ryan Murphy Netflix show with Ben Platt that ran for a couple of seasons a few years ago. Okay, okay. and I've said this on one of our podcasts. Maybe it was our our patron roundtable, but uh, I remember when he was on screen, and I said to my wife, I was like, you know, in a few years he could play Superman because <laughs> he looked he looked just like Henry Cavill to me, or or that's funny, just kind of that yeah. that sort of archetypal look for Superman. So look wise, I, I think he has it. And here's the other thing. I feel like at this point, when it comes to casting, I am very open-minded because how many instances have we seen where they've announced someone yeah. for one of these roles? And at first glance, maybe you're, you think to yourself, oh, I, I don't see them in that. And then you watch the movie and it's, you know, Chris Evans is a good example. It's like a human torch, really. And then you watch, you watch the movie and it's like, oh, he's a wonderful Steve Rogers. So yeah, yeah. I, I, at this point, there's very little I feel that I get very bumped by in terms of casting news. I usually yeah, land yeah, on the yeah. side of the director, the casting director. They see something in this person where this yeah. will work. That, that's how I feel about it too. I don't really get, I mean, I, I, I always find it interesting when people get cast. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But like, I, I, I don't like, I save judgment i guess like, judgment's not even the right word because like i don't really you know it's like uh you know for how they portray the character until i actually see the movie but I, my, my thing was like i just i've never heard of any of these people like i'm also not as like plugged like I, you know it's like i i don't watch like all the shows you mentioned like i haven't seen any of them so like and i, I don't even, i've never even heard of the politician so like there's like some aspects of this that i'm like i'm like so out of the loop on like a lot of the shows and stuff that people were, were talking about so yeah i'm just not familiar so th- this would be kind of like a Christopher Reeve scenario for me where I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. And he's, if he's good. He's going to be Superman, you know, for me, you know? Exactly. With Nicholas Holt, uh, certainly I'm familiar with him, but it's mostly just as beast from X-Men. I know he's done other stuff, but I, I can't think off the top of my head, anything I've seen him in another big ticket wish list item. And I feel like this is probably pie in the sky. It's not going to happen. But the fact that they cast Alex, who's relatively co- close in age to the actor yes, playing Clark. That's cool. Yo, you know what I want here. I want a Smallville. I want a Smallville past between the two of these guys. Okay. And I probably won't get it. And even if I do get it, I'm sure Lex won't know that Clark is Superman. But I want, I, I want to go back to the series finale scene between Clark and Lex on Smallville, and I want to see that (laughs) extrapolated. I want to see that dynamic where they're still weirdly best friends in a messed up way, but they're antagonists, but they could still have a conversation. That's what I want. And if we get even a little piece of that, I'd be happy, but that's, oh, I really want to see that. That would be awesome. That would be really awesome. I would like that too. And and as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, it'd be also really cool is if 
Michael Rosenbaum could play Lionel Luther in the movie. So listen, <laughs> here's the thing. I, this was, this was, I was going to ask you about this. James Gunn, very loyal to his, to his group of people. So much so, as far as other recent news, he announced that John Murphy is going to be the composer of the film. He scored The Suicide Squad and Guardians 3. And okay. Henry yeah. Bram, if I'm saying that right, will be the cinematographer. He did Guardians 2 and 3 and The Suicide Squad and The Flash, which, you know, it's like, all right. <laughs> but, you know, he, you know, he uses a lot of, <laughs> he uses a lot of the same people. And Rosenbaum is in his crew. They're buddies. So I'm, I'm exceedingly confident that Rosenbaum is going to pop up in this film. But the, my question is, is it going to be a little, a little bit throwaway thing or is it going to be a substantial role? And I was actually messaging with Zach from Always Hold On to Smallville. And I was like, how, how long before we get the announcement that Rosenbaum is playing Lionel? Would you want it? Would you actually want to see that? Or would that be too, would that take you I out would, of it? I would love it. No, no, no. I would love that. And I want Tom Willing to be jor Like, that would be amazing. Like, if they, oh. if they did that, like, a flat, that would be amazing. I mean, that, they would never do that because that would delve into corniness, like you're saying. But but just just Rosenbaum as Lionel, I I would be down with that. I think that'd be cool. That'd be a cool little nod. Obviously, he wouldn't be bald to have like if he, if they gave him like a wig to look like a uh, Glover, like that would be great. Like, you know, you know what I would. The best part about that to me it would be that for his seven years on Smallville, he always complained about having to shave his head, and I would put money on the fact that he would probably complain about the wig. It would be itchy yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, I yeah. would just love the idea of like, you could, you could see him on either of his podcasts, right? He's like, you know, for seven yeah. years I had to shave my head. It was such a pain in the ass. And then I came back for this. I had to wear a wig. It was so itchy. Why can't I ever just have my hair? Like you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of guns, buddies, uh, as far as other casting, someone that I'm, I'm sure you are familiar with, Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner. Yeah. So Laura and I, my wife, we just started watching over the last year, Castle. Did you ever see that show? He's like a, a crime writer detective. He's like, yeah. So I watched that live. That was, just as a side note, I, I, it's so rare for me to just stop watching a television show, but I don't know, halfway through season six, I just fell, fell off. But I watched most yeah. of that show and I watched it live. I know. I know Castle very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was not really familiar with Nathan Fillion until just like I knew who he was and I knew he was like somehow involved with the Nathan Drake video game. Like he, the characters either based on him or he voiced him or something that I'm not entirely sure um, Uncharted, but like, I think, I think the character was based on like something to that effect. But like, um, but I know that for years people have been wanting him to be Hal Jordan, like fans have been like, he should be Hal Jordan, which I, maybe like, 15, 20 years ago, maybe I could see that now. I, you know, I think he's a little, a little too, you know, a little too old or whatever, but like as Guy Gardner, I think it's an interesting choice and, uh, more so than him being Guy Gardner. I think it's an interesting choice that Guy Gardner is the green lantern that they're using, which is like, he's not my favorite green lantern. So I'm like a little kind of like, where's this going? But you know, we'll see. There was a, a theory that I read online that, and it's just that it's just a theory. There's, Although I don't know, maybe after this podcast, James Gunn will tweet at me and correct it. <laughs> but someone theorized that there would be a parallel in terms of the dynamics that Clark experiences at the Daily Planet with someone like a Steve Lombard, who's this blustering bully, and the dynamic mm -hmm. that Superman experiences in the superhero community with someone like Guy Gardner. 
Mm. That's an inter- I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how that would play out. I have no idea if that will, will prove true or not. But to your point, yeah, we've talked about a lot of the, the core cast. We still haven't gotten a Perry White casting, assuming he's in the movie. I, I hope he is. And I, I have a couple more points on that. But as far as these other superheroes, yeah, they've announced casting for Guy Gardner, Mr. Terrific, Hawkgirl, the engineer from The Authority, and Metamorpho. And Metamorpho is played by Anthony Carrigan, who's done a bunch of stuff. Did you watch Barry on HBO? I did not, no. It's so good. He plays this, this Eastern European gangster named Noho Hank on the show. Okay. And he's so fun. My wife and I still quote lines uh, that of his from that show. He's so good. And he was Zaz, Mr. Zaz on, um, Victor Zaz on Gotham as well. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar. I mean, I, I saw the list. I saw the list when I was looking at before, but I'm not sure which one gotcha. he was. Yeah. But so, I mean, out of all, all of the superhero castings, Carrigan and Philly are the ones I'm familiar with. But yes, I agree. I think the bigger headline there is the fact that those characters are in yeah. the movie. So I was thinking about this a lot. I, I don't know that there's a ton uh, just off the top of my head that the Donner films and the Snyder films share. But I feel like one of the things is that both of them presented a, a quote unquote real world different eras certainly but sort of yeah. explore this idea of of a superman appearing in the quote unquote real world and the world receives superman very differently in both of those movies mm-hmm. but still there's this momentous idea it's it's momentous that superman He's exists like a special in special thing right yeah. yeah so here we're meeting a superman and look these other superheroes maybe they're full-fledged supporting roles maybe they're quick cameos we don't really know i though i don't know i sort of err on the side of i, I think these are more than cameos i i could be wrong but i, f- I feel probably. like there's probably i more. mean yeah yeah it feels like there would be yeah but so that so i'm intrigued by this i don't know where this falls as far as what my wish would be but if we're not dealing with a world that's so wowed by Superman appearing, right? We're in a world that's already used to Superman, I would assume, and that there are these mm-hmm. other superheroes, I guess then then the track becomes how do you show how and why Superman stands apart or stand, I don't want to say stands above, like he's but but you know, what makes Superman distinct from these other heroes? I I'm wondering if like did you ever read um that book? That Joe Kelly wrote called "What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, the American Way." Of like, course, I, I, I yeah, I, I have a feeling that, and I love that issue. I think that's such a great Superman issue. Like, I think that that might be kind of where we're going with this. You know, like I, I've heard rumors that like the Authority might be in the movie too, and like they might be taking the place of like Manchester Black's crew from that. But, like the Authority would be like the ones that he's fighting. Like again, this is all rumors from like these movie podcasts I listen to, so it's no like you know real info here but like i could see that being a scenario you know like we're like the authority are the bad guys in the movie like that that might be interesting you know yeah for sure there was a rumor i don't know if gun fully debunked this he might have again there's a lot flying around it's hard to keep track of everything but there was a rumor that the plot of the movie had something to do with a conflict in the middle east that superman wanted to handle one way and the rest of the superhero community wanted to handle a different way. And that was the source of tension. I don't know if that's actually the case. And I, so I really don't know. I just know that that was yeah. a rumor at some point. But either way, I agree with you. I, I feel like 
whether the authority is also there or whether these characters end up sort of being the stand-in for Manchester Black's team, I feel like that conflict with Superman and the other here, I feel like that will be a part of this. This is a total side note, but I think it's like weird the authority is part of the DC universe. Like, don't you think that's like, because aren't they like, like Wildstorm, they're, they're like Wildstorm's like deconstructed version of the Justice League. Yeah. So it's like, it's strange that they're like now in the DC universe, like, and, and now they're putting them in the movie. Like, I just think that's like going to be like odd, you know? <laughs> like, I think it's going to be very weird. Like, because one of the characters isn't like Apollo's like Superman, right? Isn't he had, doesn't he have like the same powers? And like, he's like the, the same archetype. So it's like, that's going to be interesting. But like, are, are they going to play him like Homelander? Or is it going to be like, Superman with like no moral compass is that like what they're playing at and then like like I don't because I don't know because I but I don't think that's what Apollo is though right like isn't like he they're good guys right in their book like they're like they are heroes so like I don't know what like like I can't really see them making them bad guys like I don't know I really don't know what they're gonna do I don't know either and I will I will fully confess I've not read any authority so I only know what I've kind of read yeah. about them and then I guess yes since I same actually same. <laughs> since they've been folded into the DCU. For example, in the War World saga, which we you know recently talked about and, and had Philip Kennedy Johnson on, like, he used a number of those characters as part of the team that mm-hmm. Clark brings to War World. So I've had exposure to the characters, but I've never read War World. I guess we'll do an episode on authority if people, <laughs> if people are interested in that as we get closer. But yeah, so that kind of leads me to my next kind of big question as far as characterization. And this takes mm-hmm. a few different f- forms, I suppose, but- in terms of, and wherever you want to go with this, in terms of Clark and the Clark-Superman duality, the way Superman sort of conducts himself in this superhero universe, just in terms of that characterization, what what are you hoping to see? What kind of Clark and oh, Superman do you want? So I was thinking about this a lot, right, today. But like once we, once we knew we were doing this, this is like the, there's two points for this movie that are really important to me. And the second one we'll get to later, but this is, this is one of them is the, the how they present Superman and like obviously I'm not involved in the creative like this all goes without saying that like James Gunn whatever he does I'm going to support right like you know like because I, I don't want to be like you know you know how like fans are like telling people like how to make their stuff like I, I don't I don't want to be doing that but but if we're talking about what I want personally what I would want I want a Superman who is very like how do I put this very cool, authoritative, and like unashamedly awesome, right? Like, like, like I don't, I don't want a Superman who is like self doubting, or like hand wringing, or morose, or moody, or or or, and I don't want them to try to make him like Peter Parker. Like, I don't want them to be like, let's give him problems and let's give him like, like, like. Obviously, he's going to have problems in the movie that the character has to overcome but like i don't want it to be like like oh shucks i'm just such a regular guy and my life sucks like i i don't want that like i want superman to be like the ultimate badass while at the same time being incredibly like pure and altruistic and noble and like like kind of like what christopher reeve was like right where he's like this he he is the coolest guy in the room, but he's also the nicest and like the the most pure hearted, and he'll do anything to help you. And everyone around him, like like, and I, don't, I this is the other thing. And when I was reading the description of the movie, is kind of making me nervous because I don't think we're gonna get this. But like, I don't want everyone else around him to 
be crapping on him for being a morally good person. Like I want everyone to surround him to think like, I want to be like this person because he's so freaking cool for being as pure hearted as he is. Right. And like, you know, like, like, like that, like that's a very admirable thing to be right. If you're trying to live your life, like as, as best you can. Right. And like, it's very hard, like being like altruistic is like, like, you know, there's always like things in life that are going to like try to like, you know, get in your way of that. And like that, because it's hard, I think that's what makes it so valuable. Right. And like, I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. It definitely makes sense. I, if I had to guess, I would imagine that the track that this movie takes to some extent, if not fully, is that he's good and kind and decent and earnest amidst people who are not. And so I feel like the dumping on him, I feel like we'll probably see that to an extent. However, what I would love to see is as Clark and Superman, to be honest, as both, I want to see him move the needle and have an effect on people. And mm. do you guys watch Ted Lasso by any chance? Not, no, no. So Steph and I are super late to the game on this, but we literally over the past week finally started watching and we just started season two, the Jason Sudeikis show where an American football coach, and I apologize to our European listeners here, goes over to England and starts coaching quote unquote soccer. And what's beautiful about that show, it's really funny and has a lot of heart. It's from the creator of Scrubs, Bill Lawrence. But what I love about it is that this guy is Superman-like to an extent in that you see over the course of the season just this unrelenting kindness and optimism that he exhibits. And you see over the course of the episodes how he changes the people around him and how he wins people over just by being true to himself and by being kind mm -hmm. and optimistic, even when even when people aren't necessarily nice to him. But he has these moments where he's not a rube. Like you see that there's more yeah. going on and there is a savviness to him as well. So I, I think that's kind of, I mean, <laughs> for people who know the show, I'm not saying I want Clark to be a carbon copy of Ted Lasso, but in that spirit of he's walking through the world kind of doing his own thing in a way that... It, isn't necessarily well received initially, but has this effect on people just by being who he is. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I want to see. Yeah. And, and I don't want him to be morose about it at all. Like, and this is the thing, like I was thinking about this earlier today too, that like there seems to be this notion that Superman's old fashioned because he's like awesome and he's hard to write because he's powerful. And like, I just think that's so weird because if you look to like, other things in this genre right there's other characters who are incredibly popular who like kind of like out superman superman like it comes to mind right right off the bat is goku from dragon ball z and um all might from my hero academia and gojo from jujutsu kaisen and all three of them are like in their respective universes these like ultra powerful like no one can beat them kind of characters and but like they're all super popular like in among fandom like they're not characters that people are like oh they're too they're too powerful. They suck. Oh, they're 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 too good. They they suck. It's like no. I think people, the most popular Superman's ever been was the sixties and the seventies when he was like this pinnacle of like, like, the best you can possibly be. Right. I think they need to get back to that. They need to get. They need to embrace that. And I really hope they do this in this movie that they embrace that he is like he is the best, unquestionably the best. And like 
not just from strength and like powers, but also like who he is as a person is that he is like ultra selfless, ultra kind, and he'll do anything to help you, you know? And like, and I think that that's a powerful thing for like audiences, you know, I, I, I really, I really hope that they get that across. Well said. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I maybe we, we might differ a little bit on this where, well, I agree as far as the self doubt and whatnot, we, we've, We've seen that in the prior film incarnation and I will forever mm-hmm. maintain it was appropriate in that context in a world that received him the way Agreed. that they did. But Agreed. here, totally look, like this is different, different universe. And again, we're in this populated superhero realm. So I wouldn't necessarily expect that to be the case. I do want, I, there needs to be some sort of internal tension. I agree though. I don't need it to be him sort of doubting his place in the world per se, but I want, mm-hmm. I do want something where- Look, again, like I said, I just had Philip Kennedy Johnson. It was great talking to him. And I, I really am a fan of the War World saga. I enjoyed it very much. And one of the things I talked to him about was that characterization of Clark and how he's you know, espousing these ideals about heroism. And, and it's great to see. And I feel like it really captured the heart of the character. And that's a Superman who is very deep into his career and kind of plays that way. But how do I put this? You know, the Superman in that run, he's so self-assured that... I don't know. I do like a little bit of of whether it's just doubt or internal tension about whether he's doing the right thing or what the right choice is or whatever it might be. I feel like we need but, a little I like a little little something in but there. But could I counter that that's why that runs so popular though? You're probably right. Because because that's like it's a version of Superman that's been missing for so long. Like cuz like everyone most people like like when Philip Cage his version of it was so like 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 what I'm talking about, right? Where he's just like awesome, right? And for so long, writers who've worked on the, I mean, and this is this isn't recent. This is like goes decades now, where people have think like he's too perfect. I have to break him down, and like I don't think you have to do that with Superman. Like you, you, there's, you, you know what I mean? Like Superman can be Superman, you know? Like I, I don't know. Like I, I, I get what you're saying, but like I feel like it's also been like well between Smallville and then Superman Returns and Man, the Man of Steel universe. Like we've had a lot of like frustrated, kind of like tormented Superman, and like I think it's time to, to try something new. Like I, I don't know. That might just be my two cents, but you know, no, that's I, fair. I, like, like I do get where you're coming from, right? Because like tension is like the heart of storytelling, right? Like, but I think there's a way to do that where it's not about it, it could be about more like what he's up against than it is about like how he sees himself as a hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, fair. And honestly, it could be, and we haven't gotten to this yet, but this is one of the other big areas I wanted to talk about. Here's his relationship with Lois. It could be some sort of relationship drama. Like, that's the thing. I I agree. It could take it could take a number of different forms. I don't need it to be him necessarily mm-hmm. doubting himself as a hero, right? Um, yeah. But I just, I want something. The character needs to go through some arc. That's beyond just- Oh, of course. You know, yeah, these yeah, are the of external course. Of course. You know, threats that he's facing. So that's, and I'm sure, again, yeah. I, it's sort of screenwriting yeah. 101. So like, I'm sure it'll be there. Um, so I agree. I think we're in alignment on that, where I think that the tension, can, the internal tension could take a different <laughs> different form than, than what yeah. we've seen before. But I, I do want to see him sort of, again, coming- through the other side in some way, as opposed to sort mm. of kind of having it all figured out seemingly, uh, which mm. again, I feel like kind of maybe can happen if we go too far in the other direction. That's, I don't know. That's kind of what I've been kicking around a little bit, but, but on that note, 
And talking about characterization, this is one of the other huge pieces on, on my on my list. I really want to see Clark as a reporter, and I want to see that mm. in a meaningful way. Uh, weirdly, you know, I was thinking about a, <laughs> a random connection point, but the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, the director's cut, where mm. in the director's cut, there's this whole subplot about a case that that Matt Murdock is working on, and it dovetails with Daredevil's, uh, you know, investigation into Kingpin. And it, mm-hmm. it, it worked really nicely. Again, maybe not the, not the most compelling example to cite, but I would love for something like that where Clark is working on a story. And look too, we've, uh, you know, we do this whole other podcast, another exciting episode in the Adventures of Superman where we go through the George Reeves mm-hmm. show episode by episode. It's coming back, by the way. I've had people asking me. I know we've been on a hiatus for a little while. We're coming back soon. And we'll be weekly this time, so go faster. But that's a show where each episode, and, and you know, Lois and Clark as well in, in, in so many instances, it, the starting point is what Lois and Clark are investigating, right? And then, of course, mm-hmm. Superman needs to get involved, but that's sort of the jumping off point. So I want Clark, the reporter, I want that to be a meaningful part of this. Mm-hmm. And, well, let me toss it to you before I say what my wish list item is. In terms of the duality, the Clark-Superman dynamic, what what kind of divide, if any, I guess, if, 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 in fairness, do you want to see how do you want this to be differentiated, I, if at all? I'm open to whatever they're doing personality-wise. Like, if they go as like as little as the George Reeves, I'd be okay with that. Or if they go as big as the Christopher Reeve version, I'd be okay with that too. I want there to be a visual difference between Clark and Superman. Like, Henry Cavill did not have a visual difference at all. Tyler Hecklin has no visual difference at all. Like, I like, like, we talked about the cartoon show that just came out last summer, um, Adventures of Superman. What my Adventures called? with Superman. My Adventures of Superman. Love that show. And, and I love how they visually distinct like Clark and Superman, just like with his clothes and his hair, like just something as simple as that. Right. And like, I hope they do that with this movie. I really hope because like, because like, even Christopher Reeve, like he kind of still looked like super. I mean, the glasses were really thick, which, you know, definitely helped his body language and stuff. But he was he was the best at differentiating them for sure. But like, I hope they go one step further with the visuals, you know, or like maybe Clark always wears like a baseball hat, like something that like something that like will be somewhat believable that people don't put two and two together, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that's, and the reason I say any different differentiation, if any, because yeah, we have seen incarnations of this and I think the George Reeve show and the Cavill movies are examples of this where- There's really not much. And look, I love the George Reeves show to death. And it's, I love George Reeves. And yeah. it's not even a criticism, but it's just, he's, he just is who he is, whether he's in a suit or whether he's Superman, either way, yeah. especially in the first season or two, you'll get punched in the face, whether you're dealing with Clark or <laughs> Superman, it's like, you know, either way you're going to get clocked. <laughs> I, I, I love that version. I love that version. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah. and as I say on that show all the time, when you talk about it, well, how do people not know? He just leans in. The George Reeves version just leans into it. Whenever they ask yeah. him about it, he just kind of winks and makes a throwaway joke. He's like, "Oh yeah, I must be Superman." So, and, <laughs> and I talk about it all the time. It has this weird psychological effect where, yeah, he's not trying to come up with yeah. weird excuses. He's just like he laughs yeah. it off, and people are like, "Oh okay." Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know if they went that yeah. track. Part of me yeah. says, "Well, I don't know, maybe." But yeah, and to your point with yeah. with, with the Cavill version, yeah, I mean, in terms of the visuals. And just the way he conducted himself, it was the same. It was the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess as, what is my wish list item? I guess I would like, 
I would like some differentiation. What Christopher Reeve did was a masterclass in separating those characters. And that scene where he quote unquote reveals himself while Lois is in the other room is astounding. And you see the clips of it on social media all the time. It's incredible. Yeah. At the same time, I don't need Clark to be that bumbling. And I think the modern version of the Clark Kent persona would would not be that, would be more Mm -hmm. unassuming, kind of fading into the background a little bit, uh, as opposed Mm -hmm. to tripping over himself so much. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I, but, and it's it's a fine line too, because I, the reporter side is important to me. And so mm-hmm. you do want a Clark who's competent as a reporter yeah. in the newsroom. So again, I just think a little more mild mattered and unassuming and to, and I agree with you about the visuals and you can do a lot with, look, you put him in baggy or clothing and you mess up his hair a little bit and you got the, like yeah. there are things you can do. So yeah, I think it would be cool Wait, to see that. Uh, here's a hot take with the hair, right? <laughs> like I what if you like reversed it like because I always thought it'd be cool to reverse it where Superman's got the messy hair because he's flying around all the time and Clark is the one that's very like manicured looking like I feel like real wise like he's flying around at like 100 miles an hour he would not have perfect hair like it would be crazy looking so I feel like that would be a cool change but like I don't think they'll do that I think it's definitely more like I think the go-to move is make Clark look like um like like you know like 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 a guy who's on his computer a lot you know like like hoodie like messy hair glasses kind of a little unkempt looking you know like collar sticking up like you know like you know i feel like that's kind of like the 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 play and then making superman like obviously superman you know so true this episode made possible in part by educator hobby comic book collector and pop culture enthusiast sam lim sam is based in the south jersey area and is looking to connect with other comics fans as well as retailers They're also looking for comic shops to explore, so recommendations are welcome. Be sure to follow Sam on Instagram at SZLComics to see their latest comic pickups and shop adventures. Acme Comics is a locally owned and operated comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina, for people of all ages and walks of life. With more than 40 years and a new second location to its name, Acme is a multiple-time Eisner Award nominee. The shop features a significant contemporary and vintage selection as the Acme team uses their collective knowledge and resources to connect you with the best material. Mail order subscriptions to new releases are available, and all offerings are available anywhere via mail order. Follow Acme on social media and eBay, listen to the Acme cast on all podcast services, and visit acmecomics.com for much more. Hop in the Supermobile and join us for the spinoff podcast Beyond Metropolis, available exclusively for members of my Patreon community. It's a monthly tour across the DC universe with the signature Digging for Kryptonite style applied to your other DC favorites. Additional Patreon rewards include advanced listens, sponsorships, and more. We offer regular monthly memberships, discounted annual plans, free trials, and a la carte purchases. Visit patreon.com slash anthonydesiato or click the link in the show notes for more. Thank you all. But it's, it's, it's weird. I'm curious to see what they do because there are, you know, we've cited a few different instances of this and look, you look at the triangle era comics going back to that. I mean, that Clark was an absolute all-star. And even when you got into his history, in, you know, you get into Love his that. history in Smallville and he's this, this sports star. And of course that yeah. feeds into, when we get into that whole conduit storyline, Hey, you know what? That's yeah. a wish list item. Bring in Kenny Braverman. Dude, it's a, that's that a great, great story. 
That would be so good. Yeah, I love that version of like Clark is like super jock. Like I, I do, I, I really do like that. Like because like I feel like he would be, you know what I mean? Like in in high school too. Like you know, like he's not gonna have this. Like I'm gonna like hide my like I don't know. I I think yeah, I think that that'd be cool. <laughs> this is where. I- as as always, I default default to Smallville. I think Smallville struck a nice balance where those first few years of high school, Jonathan wouldn't let him play. And then yeah. Jonathan relented in senior year and Clark had this like glory run on the football team. And it was a bright moment before things got a lot darker on the show. I kind of like yeah. that as opposed to, again, that conduit story in the comics where he's just, <laughs> he excels at every sport and he's just big man yeah. on campus. It's just like, all right, I, I love the character yeah. and I want that for him, but it's too much. <laughs> Well, no, but but I feel like there's this thing in media where like like jocks are always portrayed as like just assholes and like and like dumb like dumb assholes and like dude okay when I was growing up in my high school like half the football team was like like really high ranking in our class and our and our high school's football coach was also the like the the physics teacher at my school it it, it wasn't like this like 80s movie version of like like bullies you know what i mean like i feel like you can be like good at sports and not be an asshole like you know what i mean and like there's like you both you know no hey listen that's fair the other thing too as far as i guess one other angle that i wouldn't necessarily ex- expect them to take especially since i'm sure we'll see more of him as superman than as clark which is often the case with the films the tv is the opposite mm-hmm. but we've seen with what are good examples dean kane on lois and clark and then the My Adventures with Superman that you just cited. I feel like both of those, you see instances where the way he is as Clark is really like who he is and how he is. Yeah. And then as Superman, he's kind of putting on a little yeah. something. So they could sort of go that route. There are different ways to spin this. So I'm kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm curious and I'm open, I guess, to whatever interpretation they come up with. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be my preferred version like what you just said like that where he like as clark is who is like his actual personality and he's superman he's kind of like like putting on kind of like the the hero kind of like mode um but like again like the the christopher reeve is the, the opposite where it's like superman is like that's who he is and like when he's you know he's so i, I don't know like it's we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes you know of course the right answer is that clark on the farm is really who he is and then both clark the reporter and <laughs> superman that's the disguise you put him on the farm that's who he is we still have to circle back to Lois, and I want to talk about Perry too. But speaking of the farm, what what are you hoping to see here as far as oh, the, the Smallville farm. contingent and and Ma and Pa? What what do you think we're gonna get? What do you want to get with Ma and Pa? I want John Schneider and Annette O'Toole to come back. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know if John <laughs> Schneider is gonna be available. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> We'll talk off mic. He had a, had a whole thing recently, but well, that's separate. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay. I did not know that. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Like, let's uh, let's get a, I mean, do, are they even going to be in the movie? Like, well, that's kind of where I was going with that. So Gunn has talked about how his relationship with his late father was uh, uh, an inspiration as he was writing this script. So... I'm making a big assumption here. I could be totally wrong, but my mm-hmm. gut is I wouldn't be surprised if if Jonathan is has either passed away prior mm. to the events of the movie or or passes away during the movie. I it, yeah. I just get the sense based on the experience that Gunn seems to be drawing from. I I would be surprised if both Jonathan and Martha are present, but that's my wish list item. I I want yeah. I want Jonathan and Martha there, man. 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that that would be cool. It would be cool to see. I mean, again, Triangle Era, they're both live. Lois and Clark, they're both there. Like, I think it adds to it. But, you know, with the movie, like, with the movie, I mean, if you've got Guy Gardner and Metamorpho and The Authority. Like, how are you going to put parents in there, too, you know? I Well, even if it's just a, a small thing. But I know, I know, it's, yeah. it's getting crowded. But I... Look, we talk about this all the time about whether Jonathan and Martha should be alive. I just, I love the dynamic. I know, you know, I, know, Mark, I, I like them alive too. I do. I agree with you. You know, Mark Wade wouldn't be happy about it, but like, you know, it's funny. The example that Mark Wade always gives, and he gave it on the show, was, you know, that it infantilizes Clark if he has to go to Jonathan for help fighting Brainiac. And yeah, I agree. If he's going to Jonathan and he's like, I don't know what wire to pull to defeat Brainiac. It's like Jonathan's like, oh, well, it's this one. Yeah, it's that makes one, no yeah. sense. But if it's the sort of thing where it's like, I don't know, you know, I, I, I fought him before, but I don't know if I, I can beat him this time or whatever it is. Yeah. And Jonathan well, has this parable like, about how, well, you know, one year, son, I, the weather was rough and I didn't know if it was even worth, you know, planting seeds, but you, know, you always got to try something like that. Like, yeah. that's, that's well, what I want. Not, not, I mean, yes, for sure. But like, even if you go more superficial than that, like, do you remember the Jeff Johns flash run from like the early 2000s? Like there, there was this whole like subplot once where it was like Linda's like parents, like coming to their house for like to stay for a couple weeks and like, just like normal shit like that. Like, you know, like, oh, Clark, we're coming to visit for, uh, you know, the, the house sit for like your dog or whatever. You know what I mean? Like just stuff like that, that like makes it feel like a more like a real person. You know what I mean? Like. Not even that he needs help, like, even needs help, just like, like, just someone to talk to in, in about something, you know? Well, that's a great point. And even when you look at the Snyder films, when we did have scenes with, with Jonathan and Martha, they were, they were heavier and fraught and they dealt with these mm -hmm. larger questions about who Clark is and where he's from and what he's going to do. Yeah, it would be really fun to see something where they surprise him in the city and he's like, I didn't know you were coming. And, or I think yeah. about the, uh the Peter Tomasi written uh, death of Superman animated movie. And mm -hmm. one of the, the great bits there that, that dealt with the Lois and Clark who were sort of earlier in their relationship, but they were getting closer and he wanted to reveal his secret to her, but it hadn't happened yet. And Jonathan and Martha come to town and they have a, like a kind of an awkward dinner together, the mm -hmm. four of them, you know, something like that. I, so I agree. Yeah. It doesn't. So that's actually a really good point. Cause again, I always think about it as, Clark out in the field with Jonathan, you know, being told one of these parables that's going to help him sort yeah. out his issues. And, you know, yeah, I do like that. My heart goes there. But yeah, it, yeah. Could, it could instead of or in addition to that, it could just be, it, you know, it, it doesn't need to like, be like, that like involved in, in the My Adventures of Superman, like when they go back for like Thanksgiving like that, that I thought that like he wasn't asking them for help on like how to fight alien, but it, but it added this like it added humor that wasn't cringy. And it added like relatable, like real world aspects. You know what I mean? Just just touches of it so that you can like relate it to the big superhero stuff that's going on, you know? Yeah. And and to your point, we talk about this whole relatability thing. And yes, that's often that charge against Superman is that he's not relatable, he's too powerful. But it's yeah, you you there are ways to make him feel like a person. And but also to yeah. your point, it doesn't need to be so far so far in that direction that we get into Peter Parker territory and he's struggling to pick yeah. up the eggs. Well, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think these superheroes in general, but like Superman specifically, like, I don't think he needs to be like that quote unquote relatable. I think he should be more like 
I want to be like that guy. You more I mean? more like aspirational than relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously you want to make the characters relatable in some way, right? Like, but like, it, it doesn't have to be like, he's got the same job that I have. And he, 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 you know, he, he, he uh, went to the same school as me. Like, it, it doesn't have to be so like, like micro like that. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, well, he, he has a trouble doing this. I have trouble. Doing like, it's like, it doesn't have to, like, it, the things that can be relatable are like, like who they are as people, like, like what, you know, makes them tick. Just like the fact they don't give up. You know what I mean? Like so many people find that relatable, right? Like with Batman, like that's like, that is like the only thing that with Batman that's relatable. And like, that's why he's so friggin' popular. It's all you need. Right. Like, so uh, yeah, I think it's like, it, it's this combo of like aspirational and relatability that like you got to kind of juggle. Cause if you make them too much, just like normal people, they're no longer these like, awesome characters that you want to like spend time with, you know, I, I, I don't know. That's always, that's my take on it. Anyway. No, that's fair. I mean, I feel like the, the prior version of films, I don't know that there was enough of a down to earth quality, but there probably is. There's I probably a balance and some kind of middle ground. And I think going back to that idea of earnestness, I think that's, that's kind of one of the key aspects of this, that he does the right thing. He chooses to do the right thing. He chooses to use his powers in this way where almost no one else would. And there is an old fashioned, you know, quality to him to an extent. Uh, but he's just true to himself. And you see the impact that that has on people throughout the course of the story. I mean, I think for me, at least that's kind of the sweet spot. Now we've mentioned her a few times, but we haven't really talked about the lowest of it all yet. Now from the casting of Rachel Brosnahan to what she has said, to what Gunn has said, I, I don't think I even need to put this on my wish list because I think we're going to get a very strong, capable, independent, go-getting Lois Lane. So it, it would be on my wish list, but I feel like we're getting in that direction. Uh, yeah. I, I guess, what, what if there, is there anything else that you specifically want to see from Lois and particularly in terms of the, the Lois-Clark-Superman dynamic do you want the triangle like what what kind of what kind of dynamic do you I, want? i'm kind of like open to like how whatever they do as long as she's like a well-written and like fun character to watch that's i'm pretty much good with her like i that's how i feel about like like jimmy and, and perry too like like i just i want them to be well written and i want them to be um like just like fun to watch and like whatever version that takes, like it's the best way for them to do that is to make the triangle with Clark Lois Superman or not. Like I, I guess like personally, if it was me, like I, I think it would be cool if like they're in their relationship, but they're not married yet. So she knows he's Superman, but they're not married. Like, I think that would be a cool place to be in. Fair. This is okay. This is where I think I land on this. I, I, I agree with you. I like them in a relation. I, mean, I don't know though. I, because it could be interesting to see the, the the beginnings of it, but I do kind of like the idea, and especially if we are dealing with a Superman later into his career, I like the idea of them in a relationship, but not all in and married yet, kind of earlier in that. And I guess it's funny when we talk about the triangle, because I think what my adventures with Superman and Superman and Lois, I think the spin that both of those stories put on it was that Lois is interested in Clark and not so much Superman, right? Mm -hmm. The flip yeah. on that typical dynamic, which I do think, especially these days, makes more sense. I, I like that. And that works too, if you have a Clark who is more competent and capable. Yeah. So if they were to do a triangle, I, I, I would be surprised 
if they did the Lois Clark Superman triangle and it fell into that old trope of she's infatuated with Superman and doesn't pay any mind yeah. to Clark. I don't think – I'd be very surprised and I really don't want to see that. Uh, but assuming they're they're more, they're wild, they're, yeah, they're good. They're wild. <laughs> but assuming they're I, more, I, I kind of want them to do it now. Just after like just thinking about it, just to think like how could they pull that off in the modern day? Like, be a big swing. <laughs> it would be a big. It would be a big swing. But I think, and this kind of this is a larger conversation about when when should Lois find out? How should she find out? Should Clark tell her? Should she figure it out? And I think. In my ideal scenario, and I'll put this on my wish list, I, for me, I like a version of the story where Clark makes the decision to tell her who he is before they get too deep into their relationship. Because I do think there is a point when we're dealing with a romantic situation where keeping that big of a secret at a certain point, it's yeah. one thing early on, you have a private side, you, I totally get that. And, and even just this idea of wanting to make sure that Lois loves him for him and not for what he can do. Although again, that's more of a case mm -hmm. when we have that traditional triangle. But at a certain point, I feel like he needs to tell her, but I also feel Lois needs to be a step ahead and figure it out. That's the sweet spot for me. He goes to tell her and she already knows. Essentially, what I want is a version of the proposal scene from the end of season two of Lois and Clark, except instead of Clark going to propose marriage, I would want him to be going to tell her the secret and she's that mm -hmm. one step ahead and takes the glasses off. Like that's, that's kind of yeah. what I want. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That is what I want. Perry White. What, assuming he's in the movie, which I would, I would imagine he would be, what, what kind of, do you just want like the traditional, he's like the gruff I want, curmudgeon? I want, yeah, I want the, the, the one who's at the, uh, the, the, the daily plant diner club at three, <laughs> three in the morning, ordering sandwiches and like being super gruff. With his staff, like I, I, do, I want that like old school, like just like asshole Perry White. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's where we differ. I well, want. I mean, I mean, I, I do, I do like the guy from the guy that was in Lois and Clark, though the guy that was in the Mighty Ducks and Son in Law. That yeah, guy, Lane Smith. Yeah, 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 he was good. He was a good. He was a good uh, Perry. That's kind of I, Lane Smith is my favorite Perry White, and I, I think that's kind of what I want to see because we've seen so many instances of the gruff curmudgeon, and oh, there's something to be said for that. As a side note, uh, and going back to Adventures of Superman, we've talked about this on that show. There's a, a, a line in the narration of one of those episodes in season one of Adventures of Superman about how Perry White had been the former mayor of Metropolis. And currently in the Josh Williamson Superman title currently being published, Perry is running for mayor. Mm. I would not be opposed to something akin to that. I, again, as I'm saying all of these things, I realize there's not enough time in this movie for all of this. But if there were some sort of political past or future for Perry, I wouldn't mind. But in terms of the characterization, we've gotten that curmudgeon take so much. And yes, it's an indelible part of the character, but I think there can be another side have we though have we i think so like oh well, yeah i mean yeah I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the christopher reeve one the christopher reeve one was definitely a curmudgeon yeah but like the guy from Superman returns wasn't that much of a curmudgeon and he was it, softer and, and, yeah and, and the man of, um Lawrence fishburne wasn't really a curmudgeon he was like a 
Uh, he was. Uh, I, I like. I like him. A, I liked his take on Perry, but yeah, I did too. Yeah, it annoyed. You know, it annoyed me in Batman v Superman when Clark. I feel like very justifiably wanted to go investigate these brutal attacks in Gotham, and Perry yeah. was just like, "No, just get me the score of the game." It's like, what is he a sports <laughs> reporter? Like, what is like? I don't know why. Like, this is your business <laughs> is to try to break news. Like, it did. I didn't make sense to me that he would be that opposed. <laughs> To, to that yeah but i don't know i just would again i'm not saying i want i need perry to be kind of warm and fuzzy even the lane smith perry yeah. there is still gruffness there but there was yeah. also that kind of paternal side like i want him to i don't know you could do something with perry and jimmy on the side or or i don't know he sees something in clark like I, he doesn't need to be dismissive of clark maybe there's something yeah he sees in him i don't know i just feel like this overall idea i want to see stuff that we haven't really seen before especially on the big screen and i think with perry yeah. There's a little bit of an opportunity to to do something there, so I would I would like Agreed. to see that. It's funny because we've talked about how it seems like there's going to be tension with these other superheroes to some degree or another. We know Lex is in the movie. I don't get the sense, and it's not that I really have much to base this on, other than kind of a gut feeling. I don't think Lex is the villain of the movie. I I really hope not, dude. Okay, th this is this is my big my big thing for this movie is that I I. I want this to be like the action of Man of Steel times 10. Like I want this to be like, and I don't mean like the destruction part of it, like the destruction. I'm I'm saying like, I want like Superman to just like, like everything that I said about him being kind and altruistic and, and noble and the, the best person that there is, but I also want him to just kick ass against villains. And I want to see villains that we've never seen before. Throw me a Metallo, throw me a Parasite, throw me a Wraith. Throw me like give me any one of these like brainiac, any one of these like powerhouse villains that that he can actually like fight, fight, and like all of the other superheroes, the authority, Guy Gardner, anyone else they throw in there will look at Superman and be like, holy shit, he's the best. You know what I mean? Like, and and that is like, I just want, I want those moments, those like I keep going back to Dragon Ball Z, but those moments when Goku, when everything, everything's like like throwing a shit and all the heroes are down and like Goku shows up. Everyone's like, yes, now we're saved. Like I like, I want that for Superman so badly and you can do it. He's that character. Like he's supposed to be that character. And like, I just want them to be super, super like the most mind blowing fight scenes we've ever seen for a superhero movie. And I know that's a high bar. Like that's a very high bar I'm setting here, but like, I feel like he deserves it. And like, you don't get that with Lex. Like I, I don't need another story about how Superman actually, no, 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 it's not his powers. It's his mind that solves the problem. I I've seen that forever. Every show, every comic, that's the go-to move with Superman is that like, he can do everything. So let's challenge his mind. It's like, I, I've seen that so much. Like I, I want Superman to be Superman and like, just kick ass. And like, that might sound like, like, I don't know, like not deep, but like at the same time, like, like, when I was a kid, like that's what I wanted to see. And like, I can only assume that like kids now, like that are going to watch this movie, are, like, like I want to see like some cool shit, you know, like, and that's really what I'm hoping for. Listen, I hear you. And, uh, I mean, it's amazing. You look at Superman and Lois and, and what they have been able to achieve in terms of the visuals on a television show with a television budget. Amazing. It's pretty ama amazing. You think about what we watched yeah. as kids, you watch watching Lois and Clark and compared to uh, Superman and Lois. It's small, like, oh, dude, wow. small though. Yeah. 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 At the same time, yeah. there's still nothing that's going to compare to a big budget, big screen movie. So yeah, I do think yeah. you need to take advantage of this canvas that you have and, and show that action. And I also think 
But I, I think when you say, you know, it doesn't sound deep, but I, I think there's a way to kind of have both of it because there mm-hmm. needs to be something that he has to figure out or overcome within himself. But then when he gets to that point and going back to what I was saying, I guess what's on my wish list is I kind of like this idea of him as this Ted Lasso-esque character who's going through the movie and, you know, maybe feels a bit out of step with the times or with other people, but he's true to himself and he's kind and he's compassionate and slow to anger. But, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I need the red eyes and him to be angry, but when he does get to that point where he cuts loose, it is badass. And it's, it's like that moment yeah. that I always quote from the end of Justice League Unlimited, where he's talking to Darkseid. Like, I feel like I live in a world made of cardboard. I always have to hold back, yeah. but you can take it. Like, that's kind of what I want yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That would be awesome. But also, like, I don't think he needs to be angry to, like, have, like, mind-blowing fight scenes, right? Like, like the, the Superman with the red eyes is like, oh, and, like, uh, like he, he can he can be altruistic and noble, but he's fighting like a horde of aliens and like, he's just like kicking ass, you know, like, I feel like there's, there's, there's both, there's room to do both. And like, I hope they, I hope they do that. I just, I really hope they do that. Cause like, I want him to be reinstated as like the top dog of superheroes, you know? Yeah. And I, th- I feel like the movie is built for this. If you're going to put these other characters in there, I feel like mm-hmm. it has to be to show ultimately why there's only one Superman, why, this is the character we're starting this new universe with, the example that he sets for the others. So, yeah. And I, in 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 the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, that action that we get uh, between Superman and Steppenwolf, that does fall into the red eyes and he's angry. But I just- I, But they're I, not impressed. Like, oh, so good. That's the thing. And that's so why good. I bring that up because there, if you had told me I would have gotten such a visceral thrill out of a Superman action scene- I would have been like, okay, like I, if you had told me you'll be really but moved see, that, but, but that, that is that right there though. That's the power of superheroes, right? Is like, that's where they work the best. Like when it is just the slice of life stuff. Yes, there is a lot of emotion in that, but like you can do that with anyone. You can't do the not impressed axe to the neck with Ted Lasso. You can only do that with Superman. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's the sweet spot is like getting that emotional hook in that that emotional moment through the spectacular that only superheroes can bring, you know? Yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I, 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 oh, and kind of on that note, I agree with you. And I I say this all the time about all the superhero movies, sprinkle in some of the lesser villains. They don't need to be Mm -hmm. the villain of the movie. So I'm totally with you. Open the movie with him fighting Metallo for a few minutes. Great. Right. You you get to see what he can do. You bring in these villains who maybe couldn't carry a whole movie. But you do something with it. So a toy. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) So I would love it's look, I know these movies weren't particularly well received, but I I like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. And I liked I love I love the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Right on. And and what I liked in Amazing Spider-Man 2 was you had Paul Giamatti as the rhino at the beginning and the end of the movie. He wasn't the villain of the movie, but you had him at the beginning before he transformed. And then you know you had him at the end and it it bookended the movie and it just, it brought in this recognizable character for a specific purpose. And I just, I like, so I would love to see that. But as far as who the villain of the movie is, I don't know. I, not Zod. We've done, we've done enough yeah, Zod. Yeah, not Zod, not Zod. Zod. It, dude, I'm a little worried that it is going to be like the other superheroes, like the authority type thing. And like that, that is going to be kind of to me like, the flash movie that just came out that didn't really have a villain. Like, you know what I mean? Like that he was his own worst enemy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, He was his own villain. Like, and like, 
that's like i don't know like how interesting really is that like i, I don't know like i i hope that's not the case i really hope it is like a, like a brainiac or a, a parasite or something you know I well the Superman Man of Tomorrow animated movie they went with Parasite as the as the big bad and they you know they had Lobo You could totally and, do that. But yeah. you know Lo, dude Lobo would be a cool villain. Lobo Justin DeVoe just uh, shouted yeah. out in uh, in agreement our our, our buddy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Lobo um the thing yeah I mean I feel like Bra- it's like Brainiac is so overdue to be the villain in one of these yeah. things. The only thing having watched that Krypton television show Yo, they set the bar very high, I feel, for Brainiac. So if they do Brainiac on the big screen, I really, I hope that Well, if they do Brainiac, they have to do the Candor thing, right? Like, that's part and parcel with it. Like, you have to do Candor. So maybe they're not going to do Brainiac. Maybe they'll save that for, like, the scene. Because, like, I just don't know how you fit all that in with all these, like, Green Lantern and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, how, unless you're right, unless all those other heroes are just these, like, like how Paul Giamatti as the rhino is kind of just like this pop in kind of thing, unless they are all just this, like there's like one scene where he's at the justice league and you see all these people, like maybe that's it. Like who knows? So another question uh, is gun has cited, I mean, clearly all-star Superman is an influence uh, and uh, for all seasons is another one. And you know, they showed mm. photos of the production office and it was just wall to wall, Tim sale art from for all seasons. So it sounds that's like, cool. If nothing else, in terms of tone and characterization, uh, it, it seems like they'll be borrowing from the comics. Do you? Is there any wish or desire on your part? Do you want to see a specific comic book story or storyline adapted, or are you kind of like, no, like they'll do their own thing and they'll kind of borrow elements, but I don't need to see a full-on adaptation? Or are you like, no, I want to see them do? whatever like fully do yeah all star well, I mean, seasons or something yeah i mean we've we've talked before the birthright that's like my favorite comic ever but like that i feel like man of steel that is birthright you know what i mean like i i know mark wade probably won't <laughs> like that but like it, it's it's the it's the same thing as the alien invasion the you know i mean the, the some of the details are tweaked but like if you did an actual straight adaptation of birthright it would just feel like man of steel like to mainstream audiences you know so like you can't really do that now um and that is an origin story too. So that's defeats the whole purpose of this anyway. But like, yeah, I, like I keep going back to those like Jeff Lowe books from like the, the Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis ones, the Superman Batman runs. Like those were, I think like there's some really fun stuff there that they could like mine for like a movie, you know, president Lex. Like president, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say president Lex would be really cool. You know, you do something like there's so much. So that's, I guess where I land too. It's like, do I necessarily need a full on straight adaptation of something? Not necessarily, but there are so many elements and I, my, again, my ideal use of Lex, I want that Smallville past. I probably won't get it, but maybe, but yeah, he doesn't need to be the chief antagonist. And maybe you do something like that where he is, he's running for president and Lois and Clark are covering that story on the campaign trail and then something else unfold. Yeah. There's a lot of potential. And I think Brainiac really is ripe to be the big bad. And if they were to bring in Candor again, that's something we have not seen on the big screen yeah, and even on the true. small screen, Smallville season nine did a version of that, but they didn't go, they didn't go, yeah. uh, they did what they could. So yeah. I don't know. Something like that could be, could be really cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of potential. It's intriguing. Speaking of other Kryptonian elements. So probably most recently in terms of casting, we got a Supergirl. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. 
Uh, from I have no idea who the actress is. Mil- no Millie, idea. Millie Alcock, I think is her name from the house of house of, what is it? Uh, Lord, say Lord of the Rings, game of Thrones, right? House of the dragon, whatever it is. Never watched it. Yeah. Not at, sorry folks, not a game of Thrones guy at all. So, uh, I have not, I've not seen her in anything, so I really don't have anything to base it on. Uh, speaking of gun though, sort of debunking rumors. He, I, he had a reply to someone cause they were talking, I, I guess the prevailing thought is that she's going to show up in Superman legacy prior to her Supergirl woman of tomorrow movie. Okay. And Gunn basically said, you know, who said she's in Superman Legacy? So I I feel like we'll see her in that film, but I guess that's that's a question. But would do you want Supergirl to pop up even if it's just a cameo? I don't really have a strong opinion either way on that one. Like it's like she does cool, she doesn't like doesn't really matter to me either way. Yeah. She she's a character I was never like a huge fan of, you know what I mean? Like it's just like I mean the same thing with like uh uh metamorpho like metamorpho like I, I don't really care if he's in the movie or not like i know he is but like it's just it's just not a character that I've never really whoa sorry sorry folks just bang my computer um yeah it's not, just a character that never really like had that much traction with me so but it's not like i dislike them it's just like i you know i'm sure there's characters that you feel that way about you know just like uh, eh, metamorpho is one of them <laughs> yes <laughs> it's metamorpho the metal men doom patrol those are some characters where my eyes just glaze over and i know they have their fans and that's awesome i i wish i were among them i think the the casting of anthony carrigan is the is the aspect of metamorpho in this movie that i'm most excited for because it's like all right like i want to see what this guy does with it but the character on paper doesn't really do anything i guess i would like i would like supergirl to well, uh, to be honest whether it happens in superman legacy or it happens in woman of tomorrow either way is fine but yeah I want to see these two cousins on screen together on the big screen yeah. for the first time. And no, the flash doesn't count <laughs> that abomination. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Actually, now that you're, now that you're saying Supergirl never was in it, like, cause the Supergirl movie Superman wasn't in that, right? The, right. the, the Helen Slater one. It's yeah. Just, she sees okay, his poster you know on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm turned around. I'm turned around. You're right. Like the, the Supergirl arc from Superman, Batman that Michael Turner drew one of my favorite runs in comics because Michael Turner's the goat. Right. And like, yeah, if you could get that kind of like aspect in there, the relationship with them, like the cousin relationship or thing, that would be cool. Okay. You know what? I'm turning around on it. Yeah. I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Get them on screen together. Yeah. This also is a separate conversation, so I won't go too far into the woman of tomorrow, but uh, yeah, I, I, I know Tom King's very popular writer. Uh, just a matter of taste. His stuff is really not connected with me for the most part. And I've tried with two notable exceptions. And one of them was Superman up in the sky, that miniseries he did. And the other was Supergirl woman of tomorrow. I really like that. And I like that that story really leaned into how Supergirl is different. The fact that she lived on Krypton and endured its destruction in a way that mm. Clark obviously didn't, that gives her a different perspective. And so that's always a yeah. thing. I, and I don't ever mean to beat up on the, the Melissa Benoist, uh, you know, CW show, but it's just always, she just always felt awfully close to Superman in terms of characterization mm. and storylines and villains. And, and I think with Supergirl, yeah, you want to, you want to show how they're different characters, how they're distinct. And so, yeah. uh, that's why I, I, I like that have, story. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to read that. I haven't read that one. I'm going to have to read that one. Cause that, that does sound intriguing. Like, and yeah, it's, it's not, I want to be very clear. It's not that I don't like Supergirl. It's just, I, I just, it was just one of those characters growing up that like I never like read, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not like I, it's, 
a character I don't know much about, you know? So like if there is a good story out there and the Tom King one is recommended, then I'll definitely check it out for sure. I mean, look, you and I grew up in the time of the Matrix Supergirl in the 90s. And I do love that design, dude. The white T-shirt. I like that. That's like my Supergirl, like visually, you know? <laughs> hey, there's a lot to be said for it. And Peter David, we're going to get to it eventually. It'll take some time, but we are getting there. I promise. You know, Peter David did some really interesting stuff with that character in that series that he wrote for 80 issues. And she was this earthborn mm -hmm. angel and there was all this, all this stuff going on. So, you know, there's something to be said for that version of the character. But it's just like, again, you and I grew up with a different, we didn't grow up with Kara Zor-El. It's just, you know, so yeah. I, I feel like for myself, well, I mean, at least like that always kind of skews these, my perspective. <laughs> yeah. But it's like a lot of these characters, like my green lantern is, is Kyle Rayner. Like, I mean, I love Al Jordan. He's, he's a character that I, you know, with the Jeff Johns run, I, I came to really love too, but like Kyle, like when he's the one I grew up with and Connor Hawks, my green arrow, you know, and Wally West is my flash, you know? So there's, we're of that era where like a lot of these characters are not the, the, the the iconic ones, you know? Yeah. No, I'm with you on all of those characters. And also why Conduit is on the top of my uh, wish list for a super. Heck yeah, dude. We need a Conduit. Villain. Dude, what if he was like the main villain? Conduit was the main villain. That, that I would wild. lose it. I would lose it. And <laughs> I, what, what would make me especially happy is knowing that our audience would be watching the movie and being like, oh, like they, they would, yeah. they would, they would know. I, uh, again, separate conversation, but I, it's, and Philip Kennedy Johnson at least brought Conduit back for for those backup stories in action comics. But I just, it just feels like there's so much potential there. The the shared past with Clark, knowing his secret identity, the kryptonite powers. It's a cool yeah. look. I, I don't know. The Super cool look. The whips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just always kind of mind boggling to me that uh, they didn't do more with him. Although, this is really a side note, but the, apparently had Dan Jurgens not left Action Comics for Bendis to take over, he was planning to start a conduit arc after Action 1000. So he, oh, that's cool. there was this attempt that obviously didn't go anywhere. Yeah, We've gotten through a lot. We've been going for a while here. I think I've hit everything that was on my list. Do you have any other wish list items for Superman Legacy? We, we hit everything on my list. Mine was the, my big one was the, the, the personality for Superman. Like my two main ones are the personality for Superman being this like really pure, wholesome, noble, altruistic guy that like is not, you know, like he's like an inspiration to everyone around him. And then just like lots of kick-ass action. Like that's like, that's my two big ones that I really, really am hoping for. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think again, for me, biggest picture wanting wanting that daily planet cast and that city of metropolis to really feel lived in and to build out that supporting cast and give Clark and Superman people to interact with. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Along with everything else we said, but I think that's, that's one of the things. And it, again, that dynamic with Lex, I think there's room to do something a little different than what we've seen before. So, and mm -hmm. that's, I guess the biggest yeah. picture item of just kind of taken us into different dynamics and different settings. And if we get as far as Candor, great, but just kind of doing stuff yeah. that we haven't seen. So yeah, man. And I just hope, I hope this movie is great. I hope it is undeniably great. I hope it smashes it at the box office. Hope people rally behind it. I hope our fandom hope it can, can be united. I hope it gets nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> That's what I hope. Hey, hey man, Barbie got nominated for an Oscar. Like, Dude, Barbie movie got like I know that was like an important movie with like a lot of messages and stuff in it, but like, but like before that movie came out, before like a year before the movie came out, you said Bar the Barbie movie is going to be nominated for an Oscar. People would be like, "You're insane!" So like, 
dude, if they come out with this movie and it's really good and like, you know, it like has something to actually say about something like besides just all the fighting and the, the superheroics and stuff, like maybe there, maybe it could be nominated for an Oscar. You never know. I would, yeah. I would be all for it. I actually do have one final question. I almost forgot the music. So mm. we have the composer that Gunn has worked with before. Obviously Gunn is known for those needle drops using usually classic songs right throughout, throughout the film. So I'm curious what you hope the movie sounds like in terms of its soundtrack, but also when we're talking about the score, and this is a big question and we've, this has come up before. Do you want to hear any hints or elements of the John Williams score, or do you want a wholly original score a la what Hans Zimmer did for Man of Steel? Um, so I, I, I like the needle drops in movies with like real songs. Like I actually really do appreciate that. I know some people don't, some people think it's cheesy. I think it's awesome. I love it. So if he does that, I'm on board with it. Um, in terms of like the score, dude, like the John Williams music's iconic, but like, I think you need to do something different because like, it's, it's not the same universe. It's not the same like franchise right it's like a different take if you're doing gonna do a different take you gotta do a different take i would love it if they did something akin to like the my adventures of superman with like the skate punk kind of music never gonna do that but that for me that would be like right that'd be right in my sweet spot i would love that so well that's you know. always the thing and that comes up when we talk about the the john williams score is that the music for the christopher reeve series or is that the music for superman forever mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's there it is so iconic and when we talked about the krypton show they did use a few notes of it like just a few notes here and there really just a couple of in a two or three instances maybe and i i don't know that show kind of made me come around on it a little bit where and to answer the question that i posed to you for this new movie i want i want a distinct score that's specific for this version of the superman of, of superman I, you have to have that if they sprinkle in a few notes of the John Williams score. Mm. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. It's, I, it's so iconic at this point. It's so well, it's, it immediately conjures Superman that I'm not going to, I won't fight yeah. it, but I don't need it. I mean, not only that, but it's, it's, a, it's probably like the best like score to like any movie, like ever, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the thing is like, it, it, I get why they're, they have such a hard time breaking away from it because it's so perfect. Like I was listening to your episode of Philip Kenny Johnson, which was a great episode, by the way, if any listeners haven't heard that, please go back and listen to it. Um, but he was talking about like seeing that movie and the dun, 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 dun. like it's, it's, it's powerful stuff, you know, like, and so I get why it's been so like, as much as I love the, the, um, the Hans Zimmer one for Man of Steel, it's, it's not, as memorable or as hummable or as iconic like at all you know what i mean it's just not like so there is that to be said like if you're gonna do something new you got to make sure it's really freaking good you know look the john williams score is so good i always say this that it, when you watch superman 4 the quest for peace which was very limited in terms of its production value that that score carries so much of it it tricks you into thinking it's a better movie you're watching <laughs> you hear the music yeah. you're like all right here we go and then you're like oh i don't know if the visuals quite match up with what we're hearing but uh and as far as the needle drops yeah i mean i generally i do i do tend to like that and i feel like in guns movies in particular he's used them to to powerful effect and i guess what i like is that you know i mentioned earlier that daredevil movie a lot of needle drops in that daredevil movie they are very much of the moment 
for that mm-hmm. film. <laughs> and I, I do. I love it. Wake me up inside. Look, wake, it's so good. Like, I love it. I listened to that Evanescence album a lot when it first came out yeah. when I was in high school. So I, I have a, a very soft spot for that soundtrack, but it's so specific to that time. And I feel like when Gunn chooses these songs, they're these classic songs. So I feel like that gives it more of a timeless quality to it. So if we get something along those lines, I, I, I would be cool with that. Dude, I would love it if it's like, because it what Superman, how old is he? He's 30, what, the, the actor is 25, 36, or he's in that range somewhere, right? Between 25 and 35, that actor. While you're talking, I'm going to double check. Okay. So it's like, if they needle drop the music he would have listened to when he was growing up, that means they'd be using 2000s stuff. And that would be like late 90s, early 2000s. That would be our jam, right? Like if they were dropping stuff like that, like that would be amazing if they put stuff like that in there, you know? So he's 30. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be the, that sweet spot then. Like, you know, that'd be, that'd be sick. Maybe throw throw on like. American idiot or something, you know, <laughs> like, like that's the kind of stuff like, like that character would have listened to growing up, you know? So it's like, I know, throw a little Remy zero in there. Remy just, zero. Yeah. yeah basically yeah. we just want James Gunn to pander to the Smallville fans. We want Rosenbaum exactly. in a wig as Lionel exactly. Luther. We want to hear some Remy zero. <laughs> yeah. I want Tom Welling as Jor-El, you know, Erica Durant's to be in there as Lois's mom. Like basically all the small little cast playing the parents of all the characters. Now. <laughs> Listen, man, this was a lot of fun. I, I wasn't planning on doing this episode before this morning. So uh, I, this was a ton of fun. It's, it's weird. Cause like one of the things that I'm proud of with this podcast is I feel like the episodes, because they're not usually tied to what's going on, right? You go back and listen to them whenever they, there's kind of this, not, you know, timelessness, so to speak to them. This is different, right? Uh, a couple of years yeah. from now, people go back to this, but I feel like it'll still, for any new listeners who might be coming to this two years from now, it'll probably be interesting because you can listen to it and be like, wow, those guys were really right. Or they were totally off. Like it was a way, way different off. movie. Yeah. They were way <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, this was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's fun to have this kind of conversation because I imagine these things that we're speculating about the audiences as well. So, you know, to kind of create the space to, to have this was a lot of fun. And I thank you for your time. And what do you want to tell folks about your new project that you got going on? Oh yeah. So I just announced a couple of days ago on my social media. Um, I've got a new creator own book coming out. It's called battle Chronicle soul striker. And it's, we're going to have the Kickstarter pre-launch page up fairly soon. We're hoping to have it up within the week or two. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be this like, epic science fantasy adventure that is like takes inspiration from all the stuff I love growing up, whether it be, you know, superheroes, video games, anime, uh, movies. Um, my writing partner, Jason Matthews and I have, we've been working on it for quite a while. Um, my original concept for it was like 10 plus years ago. Like, and we started really kind of like kind of hunkering down on it back in like 2019. So been working on it, a little bit ever since in this past year was really, we hit the, I hit the ground running with doing the pages and stuff. So we've got this first issue is going to be a 52 page, uh, 52 pages of story and 12 pages of, uh, bonus content. So for a 64 page, uh, graphic novel, and this is going to be the book one in what we hope is going to be a long running series of books. And yeah, this is like, it's, you know, if you, if you love Superman, if you love superheroes, if you love stories of heroism and um, just people fighting for what they believe in and um, uh, just trying to do the right thing, like 
this is going to be a book that you're really going to love. And there's, there's going to be, it's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of, um, a lot of characters, there's a lot of intrigue, there's romance. There's like everything's in it. And, um, yeah, go to my social media on at V Ken Marion at, uh, Instagram and check it out. It's, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's, I'm really happy with it. Uh, Andrew Dollhouse is coloring it. Um, I put so much work into it and yeah, I mean, we're, we're working super hard to make like the best thing we possibly can. So please check it out. And, uh, when the pre-launch page goes up, please, uh, sign up and sign up at the the Kickstarter page and give it a follow. And when it goes live, hopefully, uh, you'll want to check out the book and pledge. Awesome. Yeah. I encourage everyone right now, again, go follow Ken on social media and I'll be posting the link to the crowdfunding campaign or at least the, the initial version of that, that you can sign up for updates uh, soon. So stay tuned for that. And you can also see on Ken's social media, the art that he's already posted in the description and it, it looks awesome. And I can't wait to see Thank the finished you. product and I wish you lots of luck with the crowdfunding and we'll remind folks about it as we move forward. So Ken, once again, thank you so much for being part of this audience. Thank you. I really appreciate you joining. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you come back next week for another all new episode. And until then, as always, it's about what you do. It's about action. Be sure to check out our sister podcast series, another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman, an episode by episode breakdown of the classic George Reeves television show available wherever you get podcasts. Please join us on social media, become a patron, and subscribe, rate, and review today. Links are in the show notes. Thank you all.